shall we begin? Let the games begin. All right, all right, all right. A new age has begun. An age of freedom. Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? Get to the chopper! This is going to be quite a ride. and welcome to the Movie Pit Podcast. I am your host, Christian. Thank you very much for joining me on the podcast this week. This week, uh, I'm feeling much better <laughs> this week uh, compared to last week. But uh, hello, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. This is where we talk about all of the big breaking movie news items of the week. We'll also talk about the trailers. Uh, there were some trailers that came out this week. I don't have too much to say about them. I will note them, but I don't have that much to say. Uh, we'll talk about, uh, usually we talk about also the movies that are coming out in theaters, but obviously with Rona's still going around. Uh, that's not the case right now. Or maybe uh, soon. I don't know. It looks like uh, some movie theaters starting to open up. I know LA is planning on opening up uh, their movie theaters uh, next week. Or at least AMC is planning on opening up their theaters next week. But uh, they're, they're, that's just a whole other conversation. But uh, hello everybody. Welcome. Hopefully everyone have, is having a good week. Uh, I apparently uh, still don't know how to speak full sentences, uh, but uh, hello everybody. So let's get to this week's movie news items. We do have one movie news item of note that came out after the podcast came out last week, and that is that Universal Pictures is making history as they will release the movie called Bros, which will also have a release date of August 12th. 2022. Why is it history making? Well, the movie will be a gay romantic comedy, one of the first for any major studio to be released. Actor comedian Billy Eichner uh, will co-write the movie, and the movie's director will be Nicholas Stoller, who uh, has directed movies like Forgetting Sarah Marshall. He's directed uh, the Neighbors movies, the one with Zac Efron and um, uh, Seth Rogen. Uh, Eichner will also star in the movie, who centers on which centers on two gay men with commitment issues who attempt a relationship. John Apatow will also also produced the movie with Eichner, also serving as an executive producer. Eichner, for those who don't know, was mainly known for his uh, Man on the Street game show, uh, Billy on the Street, where he would go up to random people and just ask them random questions. Uh, you've probably seen some videos online of that. Uh, he Recently, he did uh, do the voice for Timon in Disney's live-action quote-unquote live-action Lion King remake, so he also did that. So that's pretty cool. I thought that was noteworthy, obviously, uh, a gay romantic comedy. For a major studio, I mean, there are obviously movies out there with gay people and they focus on uh, relationships and stuff like that, but never really from a big major studio like a Universal Pictures, which is releasing the movie, or a Warner Brothers, or definitely not a Disney. Uh, but um, but yeah, this this that was pretty cool. I thought that was noteworthy. Let us move on to the rest of the week. Uh, like I mentioned, there was a few trailers that came out this week. I don't have too much to say about them. There was a trailer for a long-delayed thriller called City of Lies. That stars Johnny Depp and uh, Forrest Whitaker, who um, who play... Well, Johnny Depp plays a cop, and Forrest Whitaker plays a detective, and they're trying to solve the murder of... Uh, the notorious B.I.G., uh, which obviously was was a cold case a long time ago, and I think still is. Uh, but there is that. Uh, that opens uh, on April 9th on digital and VOD platforms, or you can wait until next week when it comes out in theaters if you want to do that. There was a trailer for Oxygen, which was the new movie, which is, not was, is the new movie by Alexandra Aja, who directed um, Crawl, the, cro the alligator movie, the crocodile movie that came out uh, last year, which was very good. Despite how ridiculous it, it, it 
may have seemed was actually very good uh so there was that he also directed uh, the hills have eyes remake he directed uh piranha piranha 3d uh but he that movie stars uh melanie narant she's probably mostly known for her role as soshana in inglorious bastards so she plays a woman who wakes up in a uh cryogenic unit without any idea of who uh, how she got there or who she is with the oxygen level depleting she has to remember who she is and most importantly find out why uh, or find a way out of uh why she, and, uh, presumably also why she's in the uh cryogenic unit that she's in uh that will open on netflix on may 12th it looks like the movie is in french so they're they're that just take that into account but um it looks interesting i mean i i like those kind of isolated horror movie it, it did it does remind me of uh the ryan gosling movie not ryan gosling uh, ryan reynolds uh movie that came out um called buried which i thoroughly enjoyed uh and it's kind of the basic same idea it's just one person in a confined space and they're trying to figure out how to get out so i i think that's kind of interesting the other trailer i just wanted to mention uh is for the unholy uh that is uh that stars jeffrey dean morgan he plays kind of like a journalist who's investigating um who's a, a disgraced journalist who gets the opportunity to investigate um this weird story uh a woman who supposedly is visited and can hear uh the virgin mary and uh obviously uh it's 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 it doesn't turn out it obviously doesn't turn out uh the way you think it is because terrible things start happening and it looks like there is a horrifying ghost <laughs> that attacks everybody so um yeah there is that so apparently from from uh, it's from what i read it's based off a 1983 horror movie uh, or not movie uh horror novel called shrine uh, which originally was the title of the movie. It, it looks, it looks interesting. It looks creepy, but you know, it, it's, it's one of those movies where like, oh, we're going to release this around Easter because it's coming out on April 2nd. So, um, it's just one of those, you know, things they're trying to capitalize with the, with the horror community and, and with everything, you know, the religious aspects uh, of it all. It looks creepy. I like Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Um, the movie is directed by, I'm going to mispronounce his name and you already know I am, uh, Evan Statotopoulos, maybe? I don't know, maybe, uh, but he's, uh, this, he's making his featured directorial debut. He's written a lot of movies. Um, he's written like, um, the Disney live action Beauty and the Beast movie. Uh, he was one of the writers on the Elizabeth Banks, Charlie's Angels movie. Uh, he's one of the writers on the GI Joe movie Snake Eyes that's coming out supposedly later this year. So like I mentioned, it's uh, it looks interesting. So I'll put all those links to the, to the trailers if you haven't watched them down below. So you guys can go check them out if you, if you wish, but, uh, but yeah. All right, let's move on. That was quick. That was a very quick trailer talk, I guess. Uh, let's move on to the quick fire movie news items. And like I mentioned, quick fire uh, movie news items are uh, basically movie news items that pretty much speak for themselves. I just want to point them out there. I don't have too much to say about them, so I just want to put them out there. You know, have their have their due for for everyone who's listening. So the first quick fire movie news item is that Hulu has picked up the U.S. rights to a sci-fi thriller called Mother Slash Android. The movie will be the feature film debut of Madsen Tolman, who recently co-wrote the Batman movie. Um, and speaking of the Batman, uh, co-writer and director Matt Reeves will be a producer on the movie. The movie stars Chloe Grace Moretz along with LG Smith and Raul Castillo. Mother Androids takes place in the near future during a war with artificial intelligence, with Moretz playing a pregnant uh, woman named Georgia who must travel through No Man's Land, a stronghold of the android uprising, with her boyfriend, which will be played by Algie Smith, before giving birth. Uh, that sounds kind of interesting. I just want to put that out there. And it's going to come out on Hulu, so why not? 
Uh, Paramount Pictures has hired Kenneth Branagh to direct the untitled biopic about the Bee Gees, which will be produced by Graham King, who produced the biopic of Queen, Bohemian Rhapsody. Ben Elton is writing the latest draft of the script, which was actually uh, who actually wrote Kenneth Branagh's 2018 drama, All Is True, so they have a little nice little history there. The only surviving member of the popular group, Barry Gibb, will be an executive producer. Uh, of course, the other two members passed away. Uh, Maurice passed away in 2003 at the age of 53, and Robin passed away in 2012 at the age of 62. The movie will be uh, coming off the heels of the very popular HBO documentary. I think it's called Bee Gees and something else, but um, apparently it's very good. I haven't watched it yet. It's still sitting there for me to watch, but apparently it's very good. So if you're a Bee Gees fan, there you go. And Kenneth Branagh, uh, obviously, um, good director. A lot of stuff he directs is usually Shakespearean stuff, but uh, they usually turn out to be pretty good, so why not? Uh, this is pretty... <laughs> I, I can't say it without a smile on my face. Uh, Elizabeth Banks has signed on to direct uh, a movie... Uh, that is described as a character-driven thriller inspired by true events that took place in Kentucky in 1985, and it's called Cocaine Bear. <laughs> I really hope they don't change the name of the movie, because I want to walk up to a movie theater, although I don't, usually don't talk to people, because I just use machi the machine, but I would be willing to talk to someone and be like, can I get a ticket to Cocaine Bear, please? <laughs> uh, so what is the event, in case you're wondering what it is? Apparently... Uh, during a drug raid, a narcotics officer turned smuggler dumped 40 kilos of cocaine in a river, or in a, nat or in a natural forest, I should say, uh, where the entire hall was eaten by a bear. Uh, and yes, he apparently did eat all 40 kilos of it, and uh, he did die. And it is record. And it is a recorded. This is recorded history of the biggest drug overdose <laughs> ever. Uh, and in fact, this is so morbid when I read about this. Too. And in fact, locals stuffed the bear and made it a tourist attraction, which is just, it's, it's, I mean, you know, you gotta love their sense of humor, but it's just mind boggling that they would make that a tourist attraction. Anyway, filming is expected to start this summer. Uh, so I obviously will keep my eyes out on uh, cocaine bear. Seriously, I can't say it without a smile on my face. Uh, moving on, John Wick co-creator and director Chad Stahelski has found his next project in the extra thriller Classified. The movie is pitched as a cross between Die Hard and Indiana Jones, and it sounds just like it when you read the synopsis because it takes place inside a classified underground bunker where relics that were secretly obtained during World War II, but they were not just ornamental in nature. It turns out what resides within is more powerful than anyone expects. No release date yet or production date news, but Stathowski is, or is uh, working on the Highlander reboot, which he intends to be a trilogy. And we'll shoot John Wick 4 and 5 back to back, so we'll probably have to wait a little bit on, uh, on all of that. Eli Roth's video game adaptation of Borderlands is in final negotiations to add another to their cast. And I'm going to mispronounce his last name. Florian Montanut... Uh, I, I no, I'm not even gonna try. Uh, he played Victor Drago in Creed 2. <laughs> uh, he's also gonna be in Shang Chi and the Legend of the Ten Fists, apparently, where he will be playing uh, Razor Fist, uh, whoever that is. I don't know a lot about Shang Chi, by the way. If he joins, he will be playing Krieg, a muscle-bound and rhetorically challenged protector of Tiny Tina. Yes, that is how his character is described. Uh, Tiny Tina will be played by Ariana Greenblatt, who joined the cast last week. Borderlands follows Vault Hunters. It's based off a video game, by the way, because you don't know. Uh, but it follows uh, Vault Hunters who travel to a distant planet of Pandora. Not that Pandora. Settle down. Uh, hoping to find out, uh, although we will talk about Avatar later. Uh, hoping to find a vault that holds a legendary vault with alien technology. Technology. 
Uh, also this week, Haley Bennett from The Girl on the Train, Magnificent Seven. Apparently she was in something called uh, The Swallow uh, recently. She has joined the cast in a new role that is said to be a uh, key to the past of Kate Blanchett's character, Lilith, who is part of the games. The movie will also co-star Kevin Hart as Roland, Jamie Lee Curtis as archaeologist and scientist Dr. Tannis, and Jack Black will voice the sarcastic robot Claptrap. Production aims to begin in mid-April, so I'm assuming that the cast is pretty much winding down at this point, uh, if they're going to start filming relatively soon, since April is next month. Tiffany Haddish has found her next project for Netflix in an adaptation of Dark Horse Comics' Mystery Girl. Haddish will also produce the movie, while Mick G, who has a history with Netflix directing the babysitter movies, uh, will direct the movie. Haddish will play Trent, who is living off the grid in L.A. and has no memory of who she is or where she came from. Though Trin may not know herself, she is guided by an omniscient, omniscient, can't say the word, omniscient voice in her head that knows everyone's business, including their dark secrets. When a down-on-his-luck LAPD officer named Cooper seeks out Trin and hopes that she will help him crack a case, that she will, I'm going to keep that in, uh, hopes that she will help him crack a case, the two are framed for murder and must work together to clear their names and solve the ultimate mystery, the one behind Mystery Girl herself. I've never heard of the Dark Horse comic, uh, but this sounds pretty interesting although assuming with tiffany tiffany haddish in charge uh you can only assume that there will be some i don't know how straightforward the uh my cats over here is ruining everything if you can hear that in the background uh i don't know how uh how it plays out or anything like that so uh, with tiffany haddish involved i'm assuming there's gonna be some comedic beats to it uh i don't know if it's again if it's straight if it's like a straightforward like action or thriller or drama kind of thing or if it's a comedy thing if you know anything about the comic please let me know tony collette is set to make her directorial debut which is pretty cool with an adaptation of lily king's novel writers and lovers collette will also co-write the movie with nick payne who has done some work on netflix's the crown and produce the movie under her vocal films banner I didn't know she had a production banner, so that's pretty cool. The novel, which was released last year to rave reviews, by the way, follows Casey Peabody, an inspiring writer in the 90s, thrown into chaos after a recent affair and her mother's death, and her life becomes even more complicated when she falls for two different men at the same time. Colette is currently working on Guillermo del Toro's next film, Nightmare Alley, and has a sci-fi uh, thriller for Netflix in development. Uh, she's also apparently has been wanting to direct for a while, but a lot of projects have been getting in the way, so she hasn't been able to... Uh, direct anything but apparently she's found a project that she's really uh into she did release a statement i'm not going to read it but she pretty much just said what i said that she wants to direct for a while she just didn't find the right project and now she has uh writers and lovers aims to start production later this year as well and the final quick fire movie news item is that kurt sutter the man behind fx's hit shows like the shield and sons of anarchy will be making his feature directorial debut on netflix with a movie called this beast Sutter will write, produce, and direct, while Jason Blum of Blumhouse Productions, so this will be also a Blumhouse Productions, uh, will produce as well. The synopsis reads like this. An 18th century English village is besieged by a mysterious and inclusive beast. Dozens of innocents are slaughtered, and the mayhem is driven to purity. <laughs> okay, see, I saw this word. I've never seen this word in my life, and now I have to pronounce it. Purintical? I'm assuming that's how you pronounce it. I, I, English major in me apparently has never seen this word and also can't pronounce it. Puritan Heights, let's just say that. Uh, by religious fanat- uh, fantasies. Oh, wow. I just can't read today, <laughs> apparently. Maybe I'm not okay. Uh, by religious fantasticism, 
Uh, the impossible task of killing this beast follows. I'm just gonna keep going. Uh, the, imp- the impossible task of killing this beast falls to a lonely trapper who promises he can stop the carnage. But for him, the hunt is not just a professional mission; it is a deeply personal one. The movie is said to be inspired by the tale of the beast from a uh, French village. Apparently, this also happened to them. So that's kind of cool. This beast will also be Sutter's second feature credit after he wrote the movie Southpaw, uh, the one with Jake Gyllenhaal, where he played a boxer. So that's kind of interesting. Uh, I like Sons of Anarchy. Uh, I like The Shield. Writing-wise, for Southpaw, it was, it was fine. I, I mean, it wasn't anything that we haven't seen before, but Kurt Serter behind this, this seems kind of like more up his alley where he's, you know, writing for a character who maybe uh, isn't so, you know, isn't isn't such the hero type. Maybe he, you know, there's some little darkness to him, which obviously has a he has a knack for doing on his uh, other shows. So I'm up for this. Uh, I really am. So And, and I'm, I'm very happy for Kurt Sutter finally uh, making his feature dictatorial debut and stuff like that. All right. So that's the quick fire movie news items. Let us move on to the big movie news items of the week. All right. So the first movie news item we're going to talk about. Uh, I wasn't originally going to talk about this, but it kind of started off as a snow news week. So I just put it in my outline and I didn't take it out. So I'm just going to talk about it. Warner Brothers, uh, the Warner Brothers sequel to Space Jam, called Space Jam uh, Legacy, is already going through some things despite it not coming out until July 16th. First, the studio released some still images, giving us our first look at the movie and some characters. And one of those first looks was for Lola Bunny. And everyone had something to say because the studio animators, whoever designed her and the people had stuff to say because uh, they changed the image. They changed how she was, uh, what she looked like. And everyone had thoughts to say. Uh, it's a cartoon. Whatever. Uh, anyway, this was the big thing. It was the character of Pepe Le Pew, the, uh, the French skunk, for all of you who are not uh, that familiar or forgot. Uh, because apparently, Pepe Le Pew was cut from the movie, mainly, supposedly, everyone thought this what what it was, but there was some stuff that came out afterwards. Because there was a New York Times article that came out by a columnist uh, named uh, Charles M. Blow. Uh, and he said that the cartoon character of Pepe Le Pew uh, added to, quote, rape culture. And he also talked about, like, Speedy Gonzalez and how the character was culturally inappropriate and, and, and just all this other stuff. You know, just stuff that happened. So um, it was later found out that uh, the character was, was cut out for a different reason. And I'll get to that in a second. But the scene in question, uh, apparently he only had one or at least one that he was kind of the main focus on. Uh, it was him... Supposedly, it was kind of like a Casablanca kind of thing, um, kind of scenario, or kind of that's kind of how they were trying to make it look. Uh, but he was a bartender to a human character pl- uh, played by uh, Gracie Santo, who is on the show uh, Jane the Virgin on CW, or was on the show because I don't think that show is on anymore. Uh, anyway, he was supposed to do his usual thing where he was going to, you know, hit on her and, and all this other stuff. But uh, the character uh, of Santo, Santo's character, uh, was disappointed the scene was cut because it would have shown um him finally getting his comeuppance and it was very important to santo who was again disappointed that she cut not because she was cut from the movie but because santo herself is a victim of sexual harassment and has spoken against it and he even has a non-profit which aims to empower victims of domestic violence to change their lives for the better which i think is pretty cool uh but more importantly because again it would have shown the character getting her comeuppance not just because she was getting slapped by not because Pepe Le Pew was just getting slapped by her, but also because LeBron James, who of course plays the main character in the movie, um, who ap- apparently appears right after that, after he gets you know his comeuppance with Bugs Bunny, because they're looking for Lola, tells him uh, eventually to not grab people without their consent. So it would have been, you know, a kind of way to you know tr- try to justify 
you know, not justify, but try to, you know, be like, okay, this character, you know, obviously has, you know, his tendencies of, you know, you know, putting, you know, stuff, touching women and all that stuff like that. He's finally getting his comeuppance and he's, you know, no one's going to have it anymore. So why is this? New? So again, why was this news again? Because everyone, when they saw that he was cut and a lot of like articles and like stuff on Twitter was like saying it's because of this article that came out. That is not true. The scene was cut even before that article came out because the scene in question was filmed. So they did film everything, but it was filmed with the original director uh, and Terrence Nance. When the new director came in and Michael D. Lee, uh, the scene and the character was cut from the sequel because they never animated the scene. So they shot all the live action stuff, but they never animated anything from the scene itself. So the scene was never going to be in the movie. And I don't know if Pepe was going to be in the movie after that at all, but Warner Brothers has apparently, um, quote unquote, fired or not fired, but canceled Pepe Le Pew's contract because he will not appear in any Warner Brothers related Looney Tunes content for the foreseeable future. So I, I don't know why this like everyone had a fit about this. It was like two days of my timeline where everyone was like, why is he getting fired? Why is he just a cartoon? Why is all this happening? I don't know. <laughs> I just it's I don't know. <laughs> and I think we talked about this last week where, you know, there was there was always stuff. I mean, Elmer Fudd had his gun changed because it represented gun culture and represented like like all this other stuff like death and they gave him a sickle which is the literal weapon of death so i don't know what the change was but i don't know man it's just you know i, I get it in in some case I, I do get it but at the same time it's like it's it's a cartoon like it, it's a cartoon but it's also if the scene was supposed to show him getting his comeuppance for everything um why not keep it uh, like I, I don't know again we won't know in, like the context wise if it would have worked until we saw the movie but you know i just wanted to mention it because it, it was everywhere and i just need i just need to mention it. i know some people have probably said things better than i have but uh there you go uh let's move on to some petty news everyone loves petty news right i do uh and some surprising odd and petty news according to the hollywood reporter china's film bureau has approved a surprise re-release of avatar the movie will be coming out in china this week uh so why is it a petty move because avatar just needs 7.4 million dollars to reclaim the highest grossing worldwide film that currently belongs to avengers endgame and uh, after you know it was it was beat at when it was released and you know james cameron just would not have that at all you know he was peeved about that uh however we do have to hear both sides of the story it should be noted that Avatar was on China's Film Bureau's list of movies to, to be re-released in theaters once they were able to open theaters up again. However, once flare-ups of COVID happened again, movies on the list were never, you know, they never made it back to theaters, including Avatar, until now. And Avatar does have a very successful run in China. In fact, Avatar was part of the first wave of Hollywood blockbusters to hit big in China and became one of the biggest openings ever in China over a weekday which I found very interesting because it barely opened on a Monday. And Hollywood Reporter recounted that the movie opened on a bitter cold Monday in January and that there were people waiting in foot-deep snow for the screenings for the movie. And you can make the argument that Avatar's success overseas helped shape the fact, you know, helped shape uh, how movies were marketed 
overseas because you know obviously with avatar being so successful they were like oh well i guess we can do this and you know more movies started coming out in china and we started catering a little bit more to also the chinese uh the chinese market as well and that's kind of where it's like oh well we can make it big over there too uh so that that's kind of i i would say arguably that was kind of how all that started but this is a petty move man this is petty I mean, obviously, Avatar or obviously Avengers Endgame can be released in theaters as well, and it can, you know, take the top spot back. But it's just, I just find it a little petty, especially considering that James Cameron still is working on the Avatar movies, which will happen. Sure, uh, I'll believe it. Yeah, they're coming out. Yeah, I, I, I believe I believe they're coming out. Let's move on. Let's move on from pettiness to another movie that was supposed to come out many years ago, and it hasn't yet. With Zack Snyder's Justice League right around the corner, unless you were part of the lucky few who saw part of the leak. Ah, uh, good old Warner Brothers. The other DC movies are moving forward. One in particular is that uh, that had so many false finishes, or false starts, I should say, not finishes, because it's never finished. Uh, it doesn't seem real that it's finally happening, and that is The Flash. This week it was announced that Kirstie Clements has officially added, has been added to the cast of The Flash. Clements was part of the character, or was cast as a character, I can't speak now, I was cast as a character back in 2016, when she was supposed to make her introduction in Justice League, she even filmed her scenes with Ezra Miller and was part of the extensive reshoots hap- that happened. Uh, Clemens was cut from the movie and she will now uh, and now her scenes are put back into the version that we'll see next week. And she will officially be uh, and she will officially be part of the solo. Well, semi semi solo flash movie uh, production uh, will now officially begin in April. So next month over in London with director Andy Muschietti behind the camera. The Flash will bring the multiverse into the DC movies, and we'll see two Batmans, uh, Ben Affleck's Batman and Michael Keane's Batman from the Tim Burton movies. A few weeks ago, it was also announced that Supergirl will make uh, her official debut to the DC Universe, with uh, Sasha Kelly set to play her. The Flash currently does have a November 4th, 2022 release date, but we've been there before, so I'm not going to hold my breath. I like Kirstie Clemens. Uh, first time I saw her was in Dope. I think a lot of things... A lot, of, a lot of people probably the first time we saw her was in Dope. She was also in um, uh, the Unfortunate Flatliners remake. I don't know why I brought that up because that's that that's not good. She was in something else. Uh, I think it was uh, was it Sweetheart or something like that, something to that extent, which I think was on uh, Netflix. That was a Blumhouse production. I think she was in Heart uh, Hearts Beat Loud, which not a lot of people saw, but if you did see it, uh, highly recommend you go watch it. Heartbeats uh, Hearts Beat Loud, which is very very good. Uh, Nick Offerman's also in there, uh, but uh, yeah. Uh, I'm glad she's finally a part of it, and then we'll get to see her play uh, Iris West. So she, that's what she's playing. She's playing Iris West. All right, moving on. You can put this under uh, the rumor mill. Rumor, what is that? Rumor mill uh, that was uh, that that was reported this week. I wasn't going to talk about it, but uh, after reading up on it a little bit, there may be some truth to the matter. But uh, I usually don't report on rumors. Obviously, I kind of stopped reporting on rumors here on the podcast because uh, uh i don't want to talk about it <laughs> pretty basically uh, but there was a report that came out this week from murphy's multiverse uh that seemed to have some insight on the new feature film by rob zombie uh that feature film is a feature film about the monsters yes those monsters the black and white tv show monsters uh, on top of that there's apparently already a cast in place and a production date so the production date is presumably set for early May in Budapest. The cast will include, of course, as it is a Rob Zombie movie, Sherry Moon Zombie. Uh, Jeff Daniel Phillips is also part of the cast. They will play Lily and Herman Munster. The cast will also include Dan Roebuck, uh, George Garcia, Cassandra Peterson, a.k.a. Alvira. Richard Brake, uh, another Rob Zombie uh, original, 
or, or you know, go to and Sylvester McCoy. Now, the only reason I'm reporting on this, again, since I don't, you know, report on rumors, is that Sylvester McCoy, uh, he was on Doctor Who. He also had a movie come out earlier this year called, um, what was it called? The Invasion or something like that, or The the Intruders. Um, I didn't watch it. I, I looked good, but I just I didn't get a chance to watch it. Uh, but he mentioned in an interview last September, last year, that he was going to be in the new Rob Zombie movie that was supposed to film in Hungary. Uh, which obviously, for those who know the geography, Budapest is in Hungary. Uh, in an interview, he said that it was, quote, a dark comedy and also said that it was a comedic Dracula film. And I'm playing Dracula's butler. That's what that's what he uh, that's what he said. So if there's any actual validity to the rumor. It's that it's McCoy's interview. And now all this that's coming out. Now, McCoy was not mentioned in the report by Murphy's Multiverse, but some things that McCoy uh, brought up, like the shooting location and Rob Zombie's involvement, do pan out. So, there, you know, there is some, there's something like that. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of Rob Zombie as a director. Uh, I do think that he has a very distinct style and look that uh, to his movies that, you know, make him, you know, stand out amongst other people, which works for him, and I know a lot of fans enjoy it, so I'm not a total hater, all right? Admittedly, uh, the only movie that I do enjoy of Rob Zombie's work is The Devil's Rejects, and even then, it's a little hard to root for the characters in the movie because it is a movie about terrible people doing terrible things to the world, uh, although that is what kind of Zombie was trying to trying to do. Anyway, uh, let's say the report is true, and Zombie is working on a Monsters movie. That seems to be uh, just a left-field choice for Zombie and for, for I think, Universal was going to release this. It's nice, though, to see him go out of his comfort zone. Obviously, he kind of sticks to the horror kind of thriller genre in a, in a lot for the most part in a lot of ways. So uh, him doing this just seems rather odd and interesting uh, that he wants to do that. But again, it's just a rumor. Uh, there's been no confirmation by Zombie or Universal, at least at the time of this recording, obviously. They could be released something over the weekend or after the podcast goes up. So uh, if it turns out to be true, very interesting. If it doesn't, we got to stop listening and taking, you know, start and stop spreading movie news items from these websites that have no validity to them. That There are just like, you know, Joe Schmo websites like uh, Illuminati who had the report shut down about a uh, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 3 rumor that was going around and James Gunn himself, the writer director of the movie was like, this is not true. It's not happening. And Illuminati doubled down, even though they got the word from him, from the man himself doubled down saying, well, I mean, he said it's not true, but you know, could still be true guys. Yeah. Stop doing that. You know, just, just stop doing that. All right, let's move on to actual movie news items that uh, do have some validity to them because they come from trusted outlets. Uh, Steven Spielberg is set to co-write and direct a coming-of-age movie inspired by his own childhood in Arizona. Spielberg will co-write with frequent collab uh, with frequent collaborator Tony Kushner, who uh, one of the things they did uh, recently was Lincoln, uh, with filming expected to start in July for a potential 2022 release date. Interesting to note about this is that this would be Spielberg's first co-writing credit since Artificial Intelligence. I just thought that was interesting casting is already being uh already being looked at uh because one of the people that is uh circling the project apparently is michelle williams who was in negotiations to play the mother uh in the movie which despite being inspired by his own childhood uh the character the child character will now be called steven spielberg uh just a quick reminder of, of spielberg's early years i'm not gonna go too into it but it was his form he did spend his formative years in phoenix arizona in the late 50s and 60s although it's unknown if the movie will be a period piece or not but that is when he started making those eight millimeter movies that he was uh, so fond of and uh, shaped him to be a director that he is today 
Spielberg does have his adaptation of West Side Story set to come out on July, uh, not July, on December 21st, while Williams will later be seen later this year in Venom, Let There Be Carnage, and recently signed on to some other films as well. I like it. Uh, I, I like that Spielberg, obviously Spielberg likes to draw from his own history and, and stuff like that on his own projects, so I think that's kind of cool that he wants to finally do something about his childhood and put it up on screen and have Michelle Williams play his mother, which uh, essentially his mother, which is pretty cool. Uh, moving on, this is a project uh, I haven't had a chance to talk about on the podcast, uh, probably because most of the news items, uh, the first kind of couple of news items came out last year when I took my little uh, unwanted break. But I finally got to talk about it because there's a casting update this week. Barry Levinson, the director of Good Morning Vietnam and Rain Man, is directing Francis and the Godfather, a drama about the very well-documented battles that went into making the 1972 classic The Godfather. The film is based on a blacklist script written by Andrew uh, Ferret and uh, has been redeveloped by Levinson himself. The movie was first announced last year in September with Oscar Isaac and Jake Gyllenhaal uh, announced for the project pretty much right away when the project was announced. Uh, Isaac will play famed director Francis Ford Coppola, while Gyllenhaal will play Robert Evans, the head of production at Paramount at the time when The Godfather was being made. And somehow, apparently I missed this last month, Elizabeth Moss had, uh, joined the cast last month to play Eleanor Coppola, uh, Coppola the wife of, of course, Francis Ford Coppola. This week, Elle Fanning, Join the movie as Ali McGraw, who was married to Evans at the time and also has her own history uh, of things. Ali McGraw had her own history of of, uh, of stuff because she was married to Evans at the time, did a movie. I don't know if she was still married to Evans at the time or she did something else, but she met Steve McQueen and then they got married and this whole deal. It was just, this is the whole thing. Uh, production for Francis and The Godfather aims to start this fall. The history of The Godfather, how that movie even got made, is very, very interesting. And if you want to look up uh, the history of how that movie got made. Uh, it is very fascinating. And the fact that that movie got made at all and the way that it was made is mind-boggling to me. Because um, that happened... Any, if that happened... If that kind of situation happened today, it, it I, I don't know if a movie would have gotten made. But it's, uh, it's a very, very cool history. Intriguing history uh, that you should definitely read. I know Paramount Plus is making a series out of it. They're also doing their own thing about it, but they're making a TV series, a mini series, I think. I don't think it's a full like TV season. I think it's like a mini series, but they're doing something uh, along those lines too. So, uh, we got to, if you're a fan of the Godfather and the history of how the Godfather got made, it should be interesting to, to see, uh, intriguing to say the least. All right, moving on. Ron Howard's fact-based drama about the Thai soccer team that got stuck in the cave a few years ago, uh, titled 13 Lives, has been has added some big names to the cast. Viggo Mortensen, Colin Farrell, and Joel Edgerton have been added to the cast. The real-life events, if case forgot, happened back in 2018. A soccer team of 12 boys and their soccer coach became trapped in the flooded cave, or in a flooded cave, in Thailand for 18 days, promoting an international rescue mission. This thing was all over the news, I remember when it happened, when, you know, they got the, the, the team out, everyone was just kind of like this big sigh of relief because, you know, I don't think anyone was expecting them to, to make it, which was very, very mortifying to, 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 to watch the news every day and get an update on uh, on them. So Mortensen will play Richard Stanton, a cave rescuer specialist who, in real life, in 2019, was honored with the George Medal, a.k.a. the second, the second highest civiliz, uh, civilian award of bravery. Farrell will play John Volonten, 
I think that's how you, I don't know if that's how you pronounce his name. Uh, I, I'm sorry if I mispronounce uh, this man's name because he was a cave diver veteran who also specialized in utter, underwater rescues, who was also honored the George Medal as well around the same time. Uh, Joe Edgerton will play the uh, Dr. Richard Harris, a cave diver um, who was named Australian's uh, Man of the Year, the Australian, yeah, the Australian of the Year in, th- in 2019 following the rescue as well because he helped a lot with the rescue as well. Tom Bateman, uh, Paul Gleason, and uh, Louis Fritz Gerald are also part of the cast. They will play other members of the crew that saved the team, uh, along with um, actors from Thailand who also play real-life people that were involved in the events as well. Uh, William Nicholson, who he, he one of the film one of the many films he's written is uh, Gladiator, wrote the script with production aiming to start next month in Australia and Thailand. So this is interesting. I, I remember. I remember reading that they were doing a movie about the the rescue of the of the soccer team, uh, but I forgot who was doing it. And so when, when this popped up this week, I was like, "Oh, I forgot it was Ron Howard. I forgot, you know, that they were doing this." And now they've added, the, you know, these big names: uh, Figo Mortensen, Colin Farrell, and Joe Edgerton. Um, so that's pretty cool. Um, I can't wait to see kind of what they do with this. Obviously, you know, it's anytime you do a movie based on something like this that happened in real life, it, it's it's like you know you you're taking the experiences of all these people and trying to make it into one, you know, lump experience of, you know, hour and a half, two hours, two and a half hours, something along those lines. And it's always, you know, obviously, you know, stuff kind of gets lost in the wayside. Some stuff gets dramatized. Some stuff gets, you know, the Hollywood treatment of stuff. But um, the fact that they're going to do this and knowing Ron Howard and knowing how, knowing how he's not going to, you know, do too much, you know, not Hollywood as much as anything I think is going to be. I think the project's going to be really, really great. Okay, and uh, the last movie news item of the week, at least at the time of this recording, is that Michael B. Jordan will be directing Creed Three. That's pretty big. Uh, there were rumors that started last year that he was gonna that he was gonna direct the movie himself, that he was gonna jump behind the camera, and it looks like he finally committed to directing the uh, the third movie. On top of that, the movie was also given a Thanksgiving 2022 release, which is pretty cool. So um, they have a release date, and now they have a director. Uh, I know they have writers in the movie because the writers in the movie will be um, Keenan Coogler, which is Ryan Coogler's brother. Of course, Ryan Coogler directed the first uh, Creed movie, so he's working on that. Uh, Zach Bailing is also write, writing the movie. He wrote uh, King Richard, which is the movie about Vanessa and Serena Williams' father that will be played by uh, Will Smith in the movie. That will come out later this year on HBO Max. Tessa Thompson and Felicia Rashad will also return for um for the movie as well uh jordan did release a statement which i will read because um it's very cool and the fact that he's directing this so it goes like this directing has always been an aspiration but the timing had to be right create three is that moment a time in my life where i've grown more sure of who i am holding agency in my own story maturing personally growing professionally and learning from the greats like ryan coogler and most recently denzel washington and on top of and other top tier directors i respect all of which sets the table for this moment this franchise and in particular the themes of creed 3 are deeply personal to me i look forward to sharing the next chapter of adonis creed's story with the awesome responsibilities of being its director and the namesake uh, so that was the statement he released we don't know anything about creed 3 in terms of story or anything like that so it will be interesting to see uh how they go around with creed 3 now being very intriguing to see how michael b jordan handles being a uh not just an actor on the movie uh but also a director in the movie and probably even producing because michael b jordan does have his own production company so i don't know if he's also producing the movie i i didn't, I didn't uh, dig deep enough uh on that but um it'll be really cool to see him finally step behind the camera you know michael b jordan's 
you know, it's, it's surprising to like, to see kind of his career because, you know, he, you know, he blew up pretty much because of, uh, Fruitville station. And, you know, I, I, I know he had been on like other projects before he did that. I think be, some people forget that he was on Chronicle, but he was in that. I think that was maybe the first thing that we all saw him like unintentionally, like not knowing, Oh, that's Michael B. Jordan. That's the guy from Fruitville. That's guy is going to be playing Creed. And he wasn't some other small stuff. And then Creed happened. And from there, he just took off. And then, of course, he was in Black Panther and then Creed 2. And, you know, he's going to be in Without Remorse that comes out uh, next month. And all these other projects that he's been a part of, uh, Just Mercy being the other one that came out last year. Uh, so that was, you know, him seeing him go from this, like, from this actor that has been some some small stuff that we've seen, recognized for, uh, for Fruitfield Station, and then jumping on to Creed, and then just seeing him just blow up even more and becoming this, you know, he, he could have just rested on his laurels of being a good-looking guy, but no, he, he knows what he's doing. He's an actor. Like, he can hold a scene. Uh, I mean, he held the scene with Sebastian Stallone. He held the scene with Felicia Rashad, with Tessa Thompson, with all these other actors that he's been uh, with, Mike, uh, with Jamie Foxx. I, I have not seen Just Mercy yet, but I'm assuming he's probably held his own against Jamie Foxx as well, uh, despite how you feel about Jamie Foxx. But uh, to see him go from, you know, that kind of small actor to, you know, this actor that, it, you know, that we see him now as a respected actor, as a producer, now going on as director, I think is really cool. And the fact that he's going to direct the thing that made him big in Creed 3, uh, that's that's huge. That I honestly think that's huge. So more power to him and more kudos to him if he can pull this off and uh, can make a very memorable directorial debut for um, for, for everybody and for everybody again we don't know anything about about the movie but uh, I, I'm, I'm assuming and i'm sure that he'll uh that he'll knock it out of the park I, I really do i think he'll knock it out of the park all right and uh that's all the movie news i have for you guys thank you guys so much for joining the podcast this week i very much appreciate it um obviously uh, if anything big drops we'll talk about it on the podcast next week or i will drop it on the twitter page um which you can follow down below. There's a bunch of links down there, like the trailers that came out this week, uh, the podcast, uh, Twitter, and Instagram. I've been a little quiet on the Instagram. I apologize for that, but I'm going to start booting that up uh, real soon along with Twitter. Uh, the WordPress is also down there. It's still kind of dormant, so just continue to bookmark that. Uh, but if you're listening, no matter where you're listening to the podcast, if you're listening on this uh, podcast on YouTube, be sure to like and subscribe and leave a comment. Uh, be sure if you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts to leave a rating and review. That will help really, really help out the podcast in the long run. And if you're listening to this on Stitcher and Spotify, be sure to continue following us over there, especially on Spotify because we're still pretty new over there. Um, but yeah, thank you guys so much for listening to the podcast this week. I uh, very much appreciate it. I will uh, see all of you guys next week. And uh, I have nothing else for you guys. Be sure to be good people. Make smart decisions. We'll continue to wash your hands, social distance, wear your masks. And as always, go watch some movies. Woo-hoo! Yeah! Give it up! Movies!